Hey, I'm Ashley Waldbauer, and you're listening to Nevertheless, Shlee Persisted, a podcast slash audio diary where we prioritize gratitude and unpack why we keep on persisting. Hello, hello, hello. It's me. It's your girl, Shlee, and welcome to another episode of Nevertheless, Shlee Persisted. So happy to be recording today. I'm very pumped to get into this episode. Um, But first, before we dive right in into the gratitude list of the week, um, holy crap, guys. Um, I (laughs) just have so much gratitude for you all and... Wow, the past episode got lots of love and got lots of support and I am honestly kind of stunned and speechless by how you have all received it. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it a little later, but um, obviously that was a pretty vulnerable episode for me Um, and I just thank you all for listening and um, letting me share in such a safe space. Uh, Yeah, it was really scary and um, I'm just really thankful for how it turned out and how people responded to it. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it a little bit more later in the episode, but let's hold off on that, okay? Let's (laughs) dive right into the gratitude list because we all could use some gratitude. (laughs) Oh, geez. Okay. Uh, Speaking of singing, as I just did for you all, you're welcome. Um, The first thing I have on my gratitude list is riffing. Um, Listen, I love a good riff. I think it's just so, so much fun to do. Um, Riffing is a part of my love language. Um, And as you might know, maybe not, but um, I'm currently in Virginia performing in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, um, which is like Andrew Lloyd Webber's pop rock show, I guess. I wouldn't even call it rock. It's not like Jesus Christ Superstar, Um, although that man loves his Bible stories. Um, But... I get to riff a lot in this show and it has been so much fun to collaborate with the music director and just come up with my own riffs. It's just been a hot second since um, I had so much freedom with riffing. Um, Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. That's number one on my list. And number two kind of goes hand in hand with that. And it is music directors. Now, you guys, I have a pretty kick-ass music director. Um, His name's Carson. Shout out Carson. He he probably won't listen to this, (laughs) but it doesn't matter. Um, He's great. Love music directors. And if you are a musical theater performer, I always feel like you're a music director, director, or choreographer kind of person. And I've always been a music director kind of gal where I just like get along really well with music directors. I don't know why. I I think it's because I just find music rehearsals so much fun. Um, so yeah, there's my little musical theater theory for you. Which one are you? <laughs> If you're a performer, if you're not, I apologize for this little rant, Um, but mad respect for music directors out there. You guys rock. Number three, I love when people send me pics of their food, which sounds 
funny. But I um, recently had my friend Aaron send me a picture of some poutine that he got at a restaurant. Um, And number one, it looked so bomb. But he sent it to me because of a previous um, podcast uh, episode and also because we went out to brunch one time and I also got poutine. Once again, it's just a good time. Um, And uh, I don't know. It's just another little love language of mine. So shout out to Aaron you rock thank you for the food pics listen I know people get made fun of a lot for taking pictures of your food before you eat it but listen it's artistry okay it has to be documented and it has to be sent to me so if you have some good food pics send them my way uh that sounds a little weird I don't mean it in a weird way I just really love food okay as you know because there's always some food item on my list okay number four I have tea slash fortune cookie sayings so I've been really into drinking tea lately shout out to my friend Patrick for so many recommendations go listen to our episode if you haven't listened to perfectly platonic yet it's a fun one um but he's a big tea guy and I have been battling allergies since being in Fredericksburg um and tea has helped me a ton and specifically with the yogi tea they always have like fortune cookie type sayings on the little like tea bag end um and I get a kick out of them I think they're really fun and they remind me of fortune cookies which I also love um whoever invented that good on you it's a great time it's like entertaining me while I'm drinking tea all right number five I have another song for you it's um Billy Joel's She's Always a Woman I love that song and um I discovered it because lol matt my boyfriend um was submitting for a project and had to sing it and i liked it then but then i was going through my google drive this week and kind of cleaning some things out and um, i helped matt edit his audition videos and that one came up and i was like oh this is a great song so yeah she's always a woman highly recommend um it is added on our spotify playlist which you can find in my link tree on my instagram if you want to listen to the playlist of songs that i've talked about on this podcast or add some of your own because we love community hell yeah but side note i just love billy joel in general Wow, that's hard to say. Billy Joel in general. Have fun with that tongue twister. Um, And I only recently kind of discovered him in the past year, which I know is like kind of embarrassing. But um, when Zanzibar was like trending on TikTok, that's when I found him. And I was like, wow, good music. (laughs) Uh, Late to the game. But uh, highly recommend if you are like me and don't know Billy Joel, go listen. Love Zanzibar. Love moving out. Love, She's Always a Woman. And I know he also has so many more songs, but those are my top three. Boom. Okay, and last on the list is Rage Cage. Okay, so this is a drinking game. If you are under 21, I apologize or look forward to doing it in the future. I don't think I have very many listeners under the age of 21, but I'm covering my grounds just in case. Um, Yeah, so Rage Cage, it's just like a... A beer drinking game basically where you stack cups and bounce ping pong balls and red solo cups it's a good time does not sound I'm not making it sound very cool but it's a good time and um I'm not gonna lie I'm pretty good at it and um some people call it stack cup some people call it boom cup Matt and I argue about the name of it all of the time 
but it's Rage Cage. And we had a little cast gathering this past weekend for my girlfriend Grace. Hey, Grace. Um, her little birthday party and we played it and it was really fun. And I just forget how competitive I get. Like, I don't know if I've talked very much about it on the podcast at all, but I grew up playing sports and I grew up being very competitive. I'm a lot better now. <laughs> a lot better. But sometimes that competitive gal comes out to play and um, she definitely comes out during Rage Cage. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> so that's my little gratitude list of the week. Lots of good things, lots of fun things. Can't wait to hear yours, which I always ask on Sundays on my Instagram page. So once again, go follow me, please. And tell me what you're grateful for because I love community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'm adding a new little segment into the podcast this week. Woo, very exciting. But um, from last week's episode, I have a lot of new friends here, a lot of new listeners. Hello. Number one, welcome. Happy to have you. Let's be uh, grateful and prioritize gratitude together. But because I have so many new listeners, um, I've gotten a lot of questions um, in my DMs and uh through Spotify and I also opened up questions um, on my Instagram story too. So I thought I would do like a quick little Q&A for you. Some are six related because that's just what the last episode was about but some are personal and random so I thought I would answer them for you. Let's uh let's do it. Let's dive right in. Alrighty let's start with an easy one and it is my dream pet. What's my dream pet? Okay listen I'm a dog gal. I'm a dog person. Um Cats are fine. I'm kind of allergic to cats, which is really unfortunate um, because I have a lot of friends that have cats. Um, so I don't really see myself ever owning one, but I am a big dog person. My family has pretty much always had dogs. Um, and I really want an Italian greyhound. <laughs> Um, so, so badly. Once again, this is something that Matt and I argue about a lot. And I say argue, just we chat about it. Um, I want an Italian Greyhound, folks, because they are so funny to look at. Um, and they're just so goofy. And I want a goofy dog because I feel like it matches my, my soul. I want a goofy dog child. Um, and I feel like Italian greyhounds just pop up on my TikTok all the time wearing cute sweaters and I want to do the same. Um, Matt thinks they're a little too ugly. Um, he wants a beagle. No, <laughs> I don't want a beagle. <sighs> they're fine. It's just they're not as cool and funny and cute as an Italian greyhound. They're fine. They just kind of look a little bit too much like old men for my taste. So we might have to get two dogs is what I'm saying. But I want to be a dog mom for sure. My older sister Alyssa has a little doggy named Buddy and he's really cute. He's like, I don't know, a mutt. He's a mix of something, but he definitely has Chihuahua in him. Um, yeah, he's cute. A little annoying, but <laughs> my sister knows that. So I don't feel like I'm talking shit about her. Mm, sorry, Alyssa. I love Buddy. <laughs> okay, here's a sixth question. Is there any track I wish I covered more? Yeah, I wish I would have had a little bit more time with Seymour. Um, I got to perform Bo and Howard a decent amount, which was awesome. And I do love those characters so much. I mean, Bo is like my number one gal. Um, 
I would love playing her for the rest of my life. Um, but Seymour, yeah, I just, I, I felt like she was the one I didn't have enough time to like fully figure out. Um, like I felt pretty confident in my Howard and Bolin. Um, but Seymour, I felt like I was like missing something just because of, you know, repetition and trying to fully flesh out this character. Um, yeah, so I just wish I had a little bit more time with her. Also, her song is so, so incredibly difficult. Um, and I just like wish I could have gotten it a little bit more consistently because I never really knew what was going to happen with my voice on that song. So I was always like a little like, Ooh, okay, here we go. Let's perform Seymour. Um, yeah, so I wish I had more time with her. But at the same time, I could watch Wesley sing that all day every day so I was happy not to perform <laughs> as much because I got to watch Wes uh, what a star also she's so freaking good oh love you Wes okay dream vacation Ugh, what a great question I would love to go to so many places I'll name a few of them for you um Ireland Scotland and it's not just because I'm a redhead I just think it would be really fun um Germany would be fun oh Italy I want to go to Italy so so freaking bad oh any of those places would be really really fun I really like to travel um I just don't have the money for it because I am an actor um yeah they would all be great so if anyone wants to sponsor me and uh take me on a vacation feel free okay another sixth question what is my favorite alternate costume Oh, this is a hard one. Um, I definitely am between Bolin and Howard. Bolin is just so fun because I fully feel like a rock star. But also nothing can beat that pink ponytail. Like you literally feel so much power in that pink pony. Um, and I could, oh, it's just so much fun. Yeah, I would probably be between Bolin and Howard. No offense to Seymour's costume, um, but Seymour's costume is just not my favorite. I just didn't feel like it flattered my body very well. Yeah, and it, I think we were the first cast that actually, like, the swings had each queen's costume instead of, like, a color assigned to them like they do on the UK, um, which I was fine with. Like, I mean, I'm happy to have all three costumes. Jeez, but um, I, you know, I also was, like, kind of looking forward to, ooh, what color would I get assigned? Which, if I could pick a color, I would want to be turquoise so bad. Um, so that's like a deep cut for six fans. Um, <laughs> I'd like to be the turquoise alternate. Boom. My favorite self-care activity. Oh, great one. Um, right now I'm super into skincare, lots of face masks. Um, yeah, lots of face masks for sure. Um, I, uh, also just like consume a lot of tv and media so I like to wind down by watching like a little tv show right now I'm catching up on Ted Lasso which I highly recommend on Apple TV I read a lot which is also a question that I um got so we're gonna do a little two-in-one uh, which is what am I currently reading I am reading House of Sky and Breath by Sarah J Moss it's the second book in the Crescent City series and it's so good it's a monster of a book it's like 800 pages and I think I'm like 600 pages in right now yeah very very good highly recommend if you like reading big books I guess but I I mean like I've said before I love Sarah J Moss so very good that's what I'm reading lots of self-care there um I'm also sleeping a lot which 
sounds kind of silly, but um, I really, really appreciate sleep. I'll say it. Okay, last two questions that also kind of go hand in hand, um, and they both have to do with my swing bean, Marilyn. So number one is how did Marilyn get recast? And number two is what was my reaction to Marilyn being a swing? So number one, how did Marilyn get recast? Um, So I kind of touched on this in the last episode, but basically we're fine with the American producers. We're all good with six. Um, We pleaded our case, they listened we've been seen for six on Broadway in the tour and she got cast which is great and that was my reaction to her being cast um I mean I think it was I mean I I can't speak for her and um and I can't imagine that that was uh an easy thing to navigate by any means um but I think at the end of the day all of the queens were excited for her even though we went through this shitty thing it's not like we're gonna be like fuck you for choosing six no that's literally broadway were we all hoping that we could have done it together of course but also that just wasn't the reality we were living so if any of us could make it like yeah of course we're gonna be supportive and happy for you um i mean i think one of the biggest things that we have all learned is like six isn't the only thing on broadway (laughs) you know what i mean um it's not the only show that we could ever be in for the rest of our lives um and I'm very confident that literally all of us will be on Broadway at one point because just I I could go on and on about this cast we're all so freaking good um and I mean look at us some of us are doing tours we're still performing we're doing show like we're all over you can't get rid of us baby um and we just don't tie or define our success to six anymore. It was a job that we've done. And it was a hard job that we kicked butt at. Um, and any other show would be lucky to have us. Boom roasted. Um, so yeah, we're... I hope that answered your question. Stoked for Marilyn. At the end of the day, queens are going to support queens. And uh, we love women supporting women. And um, we're not going to stop working anytime soon. So... Buckle up and get ready for us all to be on Broadway, baby. I'm manifesting that shit now. Okay, well, that concludes my first little Q&A of my podcast. Woohoo. If you have any more questions, please DM me or ask me on Spotify or whatever. You know where to find me. And if you don't, let me tell you. You can find me on Instagram at nevertheless-shall-you-persisted. I post a lot and I would love to interact with you. So come chat with me. Woohoo. Alrighty, let's dive into some of the thoughts and feelings that I have been having this week. And I guess the main theme that I have been mulling over this week is vulnerability. As you know, as I've said before, last week was pretty scary for me. Um, And I, if I'm being real with you, was really anxious all week about the episode. I don't regret putting it out by any means. I think those things needed to be said um but I don't know you just never know how people are gonna react and especially with six like the six fan base is so strong and it's such a strong community I just didn't want it to be received uh, in the wrong way it was kind of a hard line to walk with just being straight up and honest and laying out all the facts and how we were treated. But I'm not also not here to just like shit on the company over and over. Um, I also want to make sure that I explain my gratitude for 
what happened. And I'm a firm believer in everything happening for a reason. And what lessons did I glean from that situation? Um, and I don't know, it's just, it was just, it was very scary for me to open up about things. And there were definitely things that I have never said before out loud. Um, and yeah, it just was a scary experience. Anyway, that being said, this past episode had me thinking a lot about vulnerability and the role that vulnerability specifically plays in my life. And a fun little synchronicity throwback to keeping the faith episode um, moment happened when I've been thinking a lot about vulnerability. And this week, my therapist brought up how I am not a very vulnerable human. And we've had this conversation before. <laughs> um, and every time I get really defensive um, because I automatically think I'm a very vulnerable human. I mean, come on, I am a performer and I put everything up there on stage. I'm vulnerable, damn it. And my poor boyfriend, Matthew, <laughs> my instinct is to go to him and be like, I'm a vulnerable human, right? And <laughs> of course, that's not very fair because um, I'm probably the most vulnerable to him in the entire world. But anyway, I started going on a little deep dive about vulnerability and realized that I think I equate my vulnerability to my performance because I love theater and that's what I do with my life and that's my career. Um, and yes, theater is vulnerable and acting is vulnerable, but I am also not theater. I am a human, which made me do a little vulnerability research. So as you know, I love me a good definition. So what is vulnerability? Um, well, my fave researcher and author and podcast host, Brene Brown, defined vulnerability as uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. And she has this video called The Power of Vulnerability, which was really, really helpful. While I was mulling over my fear of vulnerability, really, which is what I came to terms with, I agree with my therapist, I'm not a very vulnerable human. So I'm leaning into the discomfort once again um, <laughs> of this episode. Last week's episode was uncomfortable. This is going to be uncomfortable for me. So buckle up because I'm leaning into it. So vulnerability has a direct correlation with connection. And connection is really why we're here in this world, right? We want to connect with people. It's what gives us purpose and meaning into our lives. But in order to have true connection, you have to be vulnerable. We have to allow ourselves to be seen. And I talk about the concept of being seen a lot with my therapist, um, <laughs> mostly because I am a listener and one who usually asks questions in conversation and um, that's how I connect. Um, I just don't really love doing the sharing part. <laughs> Or you know what, that's not really true. I just don't like to initiate the sharing part. If I'm asked the question, I will willingly give you any answer. I'm a pretty open book, but I just don't like initiating it, which is vulnerable for me. And this isn't like a fully conscious thing. It's not like when I'm having conversations with people, I'm like, I'm going to withhold information. No, like I'm genuinely curious about the other person, which is why I'm asking questions. It's just, I think my curious nature just kind of over rules my vulnerability like I want to learn about you so much that I forget that like conversations are like a two-way street <laughs> where I'm like oh yes I also have to offer information too 
Anyway, I just don't give myself very many opportunities to be seen. And it's actually interesting because Matt and I were talking about this TikTok the other day, or he sent me a TikTok that um, talks all about whether you're a giver or a taker in a conversation. And givers are the ones that are usually asking questions and leading the conversation. But takers are the ones that kind of just like say a statement and say how they're feeling. Um which can be expanded upon by other people in the conversation. And I think givers are kind of viewed as like the superior out of the two because they're the ones that are, you know, offering questions. But in reality, takers are probably the more vulnerable out of the the two because they don't need to be prompted to just like say how they're feeling or say what they want. Um, or say an opinion and even while we were talking about it I like kind of found myself getting defensive because I am straight up a giver and in this TikTok it was very much like givers pose themselves as the the victims because they never get asked questions or blah 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 and I definitely got on the defense Um, but (laughs) I think it's valid to a point for sure (laughs) because takers just phrase questions differently they just pose it as a statement rather than a question for you to build upon but in my brain I'm like if you don't straight up ask the question then like like you don't want to know my thoughts or feelings when no I could just build upon what you're saying anyway that was like a little side rant that kind of had to do with vulnerability anyway let's full circle it let's go back to the concept of being seen which is basically do I have the courage to be seen fully as I am with imperfections In my notes, I wrote, do I have the courage to be imperfect in front of others? And I think I talked about this a little bit in my either recovering perfectionist episode or imposter syndrome episode where my imperfections make me who I am and make me beautiful. My vulnerabilities also make me who I am and make me beautiful. So the main lesson that I've learned this week is that vulnerability isn't super comfortable, but it is really necessary. Because so many good things come out of being vulnerable, like creativity and love and joy and gratitude. And when I suppress my vulnerability, I feel shame, I feel fear, I feel a struggle of worthiness. And I would rather lean into the creativity and joy and love and gratitude. Dang it. And I think that this podcast has honestly helped me a ton with my struggle with vulnerability because the concept of this podcast is to put gratitude at the forefront of my life which has allowed me to be open and be vulnerable about certain topics that I have never been comfortable to share with anyone before. I guess I've realized that in the past I have been almost numbing my vulnerability I've been setting aside and numbing all of the bad feelings, the shame, the fear, etc. But that's the thing is like you can't just numb bad feelings. You also numb the good, the gratitude, the joy. Because you can't just like when you numb something, you numb everything. You can't pick and choose. So how do I specifically numb my vulnerability? I personally numb with perfection. 
and I numb with certainty, which is why I have talked to you about being a perfectionist and dealing with imposter syndrome. When I feel the shame and fear and vulnerability, I instantly go to, what can I do to fix this? How, how can I improve upon myself? Because I feel the shame and fear when in reality I should have just like sat in it and been okay with the discomfort. I feel like this is kind of an abstract concept and I hope you're following with me. So I'm going to try and think of um, an example of this. Okay, here's a couple examples. So the first one that comes to my brain is performance related. And it is when I was in Ghost last year and played Molly. And she has this big song called With You, um, which is where she's grieving the death of her boyfriend um and and that was a hard song for me to dive into number one because I just had to be incredibly vulnerable on stage and break down and cry um but more specifically I'm thinking vocally um I was really upset with myself that like I when I broke down and cried couldn't sound or didn't sound like perfection (laughs) Um, because I don't know if you know, it's kind of hard to sing when you're crying. And I was very much under the impression that I could do both. Um, but when I finally just kind of gave up, honestly, and sat in the discomfort and sat in the, in the shakiness of my voice, um, I almost, I found that it came out with a better product and I just stopped worrying about it and sat in the discomfort and more importantly, imperfection. Because also at the end of the day, people don't want to see perfect people perform on stage. No, you usually play pretty messy characters who are imperfect. Now, a real life example is um, with my relationship with Matt. I think it has taken me um, a decent amount of time to fully be vulnerable with him. Um, you know, because of past trauma and past relationships. Um, I don't think I ever felt comfortable enough to bring out any issues that I had in our relationship or any concerns or any bad feelings that I had at the moment. And once again, I think I just got tired of holding everything in and pretending that I was fine all of the time and that everything was perfect. And I just found it was way easier to just like straight up say how I was feeling. Which is like, fucking duh, Ashley. Like that's how you communicate. But it took me a while to figure it out. The way to live is with vulnerability and to stop controlling or predicting or numbing. I don't know. These seem like very simple concepts, but they are harder to put into action in my humble opinion. Anyway, the big lesson that I'm learning is putting yourself out there and putting your thoughts and feelings out there can be really scary, but at the end of the day, it's incredibly worth it. The sixth episode was very, very vulnerable for me, Um, and I'm going to try not to get so emotional. Um, I just want to thank you all for being so incredibly kind and supportive, and um, I just like was met with so much love, and I am just so grateful for all of you. You just really, really rock. Thank you for... um, holding a space for me and listening to me. Um, I just really, really appreciate you all. I hope you were able to take at least something out of all of those hodgepodge ideas. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> felt a little all over the place, but um, that's what's going on in my brain right now. Um, I hope you choose joy and gratitude in your life this week um, and make that a priority. Yeah. Once again, connection is what gives us purpose in our life, and I am just so grateful and thankful to have this platform to connect with you all. And um, please connect back with me. Please reach out and let me know what you're thinking. Let me know your thoughts on vulnerability even. Um, yeah. Okay. I hope you have a great week. Okay. Bye. Bye.